This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, I'm Judy Mathers and I'm the CEO of Flora and Fauna. And what I love about online retail is the immediacy of it. It's very transparent and things can happen there and then, good or bad. Hi, I'm Sarah Mullen and I'm the COO of Adore Beauty. What I love about online is that it's 24-7. The shop never closes, uh, never reopens at 10 a.m. It is open 24-7 and I love that. Well, there's no way around it. Customers are paying attention to sustainability. Creating unique sustainable initiatives must be on the menu. Savvy consumers are demanding to know from where products are sourced and are looking for higher levels of sustainability from brands. And we're on location in front of a live audience at online retailer in Sydney, Australia. And coming up, you'll hear about the next level of ethical advancement required to meet an aware and conscious consumer. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. Recorded on location. Julie Matters, nice to see you again. We met in Copenhagen, and it's we good to did. see you here in Australia. We did. Your home. Was, yeah, lovely to see you. Same here. And Sarah, nice to meet you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. Thank you both for being here. We're here at the 11th edition of Online Retailer Conference and Expo. It's Australia's biggest industry event packed with the latest insights, trends, tech innovation, and retail solutions. So, Julian, sir, this conference is certainly looking at how to be ready for tomorrow's consumer. So looking at that future consumer, is there any reason any retail brand gets a pass on sustainability at this point. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's lots and lots and lots of brands who are doing a really good job. Um, I, I think I actually did a small presentation yesterday, so I have done my homework. Um, but there's brands like Patagonia who I love because they're, they're tackling it from different angles because it's not just one angle. You've got to look at it in terms of culture, in terms of team, in terms of... Um, your waste and your impact in terms of product. There's so many different things. And so different brands do it in different ways. Patagonia does it across most of them, actually. Um, but then there's others like Zappos. There's locally the spell of Byron Bay. Um, there's a whole, a whole realm. So, yeah. And th- there's always more to be done. But I think what's really important is we're on a journey. Sarah, is there any reason a brand shouldn't be having sustainability as part of its roadmap at this point in time? No. Absolutely not. Um, and I would just uh, start by saying I don't think it's tomorrow's consumer, it's today's consumer. It's t- today's consumer. Uh, we, our experience is that it is today's consumer, mm-hmm. and I don't think anyone's off the hook. Let's talk about Adore Beauty. Uh, tell me about how, not just the brand, tell us about the brand, but also tell us about the mission and how sustainability is a part of that mission and a part of your DNA. Sure. So, um, to start off, Adore Beauty uh, was the number one cosmetic and skincare retailer, so launched in 2000, um, and we span over three categories, which is skincare, hair care, and makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think our journey started when we started listening to customers, to be fair, um, and our customers are very vocal, which we love, right? We love that. Yeah. We're here because of our customers, so we love that they're vocal and 
they were absolutely telling us what they wanted. Um, one of those was clean beauty um, and the other one was they wanted us to be more sustainable. They were noticing that the way we packaged, there was wastage. Mm-hmm. And so for us it was let's listen to our customer And that started in a small way, probably about four years ago, and in a really serious way in the last 12 months. Was was that a wake-up call for you, or did you just not think about that aspect when you designed, or that was the most economical way to approach it? Or were you just at this point said, well, we have to listen to our consumers. They're telling us what they want, so whether or not we believe in it, it's what we have to do. Sure. Well, I think as a small business, you always consider cost first. And you're so wrapped up in just trying to grow the business and it's onboard brands and market things and get the sales and you just don't think about the other parts of it. Um, And so listening to our customers, they were saying, we want you to listen to the other bits. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tell us about your business, Julie. Uh, Flora and Fauna, such a cool name. Uh, Yeah, we're not a flower shop. But we're not a flower shop, but a lot of people think we are. I know. I know. It's their mistake. They should investigate better. They should. Someone be rewarded by learning what you are. Yeah, someone actually turned up for an interview thinking we're a florist. Okay. I didn't get the job. (laughs) Why didn't you bring us flowers? (laughs) So, okay, so what is your business? So, for those who don't know. Yep. So, which will be most people actually. So, we're uh, an eco vegan business. We are uh, an ethical retailer and we span lots, lots of different categories. So, we have uh, beauty, we have home, we have some health, we have a little bit of fashion, and uh, a big baby and kids section now. Now I've had a child. Um, <laughs> and so, we've got about 6,000 different products and we've been going for five, five years. Uh, we. We've actually just opened our first store as well, which is pretty cool. Your first brick and mortar. First bricks and mortar wow. store. Yes. Where is that? It's in North Rocks near Parramatta. Okay. What was the motivation for finally doing that? Was it just that you were finally at a point you could, or did you find that that was just inevitable for you? No, I wanted to do it from day one. So it was really when. So I'm a massive believer in a physical uh, experience with mm-hmm. customers. I, I started my career in stores, so I'm a big fan of them, but it's doing it in the right way. Mm-hmm. And you've got to grow, I believe, grow your brand to a point where you can actually mm-hmm. have an impact and, and look at it less like a traditional store, but look at it more as a brand engagement experience. So can you talk, Julie, about, and then we'll come to you, Sarah, on the same point. Can you talk about how Flora and Fauna is integrating sustainability into its business model, one, and then two, how as part of your, of your online presence, which is the majority of your business, yeah. you're, you're both communicating that and setting the expectation with people that, that it really shouldn't be any other way. Yes. Okay. So tackling part one. So to start with, we're a B Corp which I think is really important. And I'd love right, more business. B Corp. Yeah. B Corp. Yeah, yeah. I'd love more businesses to do that. And, with that, that's about businesses using their power to do good. So, and the certification, which is, it takes a long time to get it, but it's looking at all different areas. So it is looking at um, ownership, culture, team, um, yes, product sourcing, mm-hmm. it's across different things. So as a result of that, you end up, you, you end up looking at everything. So... We look at community and we do a huge amount of work with charities. We have three specific charities we work with, along with products or everything we sell is vegan and cruelty-free. 
um, and without harsh chemicals. It's mm-hmm. the best best way to describe it. I don't like using the word natural. It's a safe, it's, it's a safe space. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, yeah, completely. It's a place you can trust to shop, yeah. I suppose. Um, and so we've kind of looked at it in everything we do. And something I'm, I think you can easily get stuck into. Oh, the environment and stuff like that. But actually, you, you need to look at different things as well. So you need to look at inclusivity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's something I'm personally very passionate mm-hmm. about to make sure that um, uh, you're recruiting in a fair manner and not excluding. I, I have a very unique question for you. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I'm wondering if it's something you've thought about. One of the distinctive things about flora and fauna, if I remember correctly, is Every package that's sent out is sent with a personalized note. Sure is. Uh, that, that literally someone writes that note. Yes. That does add to materials and process, or does it? How, how have you thought about that piece of things in terms of sustainability, even if it's the type of paper that's used or the process that that's yeah. done with? Well, what we do, so we have, um, we have an option called minimal packaging. Which right. actually is our... We talked about it before, actually. We yes. talked about it in a previous podcast. It's a softball um, for you. Huh? I'm giving you a softball. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and that's actually our standard now. So nine, oh, 95% of customers pick that. Now, what that means is you get your product in the box and that's it. So you don't get samples. You don't get extra stuff. It, it will be wrapped safely. So if we're going to send glass, we're going to send it in. We don't put it in bubble wrap. We put it in, mm-hmm. there's a paper wrap that you can use. And there is, that is probably 10 times the price of bubble wrap. But we choose to do that because that's right for our ethics. But we write the note on the inside of the lid. Oh, yeah. is that how it was always done? No. So, it's done, so if you don't pick minimal and you oh. pick standard, which is you do get samples and other things, it's good for gifting, then it goes on a lovely little card. But uh, minimal just goes on the inside of the lid. Actually, someone at a conference gave me that idea. So That's great. I wish I knew who because I could thank them. But Conferences pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> That's yeah. really great. Uh, Sarah, can you talk about how you're integrating sustainability into your business model and, uh, and setting that expectation also? Sure. So the first thing we did is we um, changed from using polystyrene beans as void to using recyclable, recycled paper. So it was one of the first changes we made. Um, and Julie talks about culture. Um, culturally, we now have uh, keep cups. So everyone was purchased a keep cup. Um, it's part of our onboarding process for anyone new that comes on board. And we're all expected to use our keep cups. Um, you are not <laughs> expected to walk back into the office holding a cup, coffee cup. So that's a nice cultural change. Hey, I've got a question. How do you not get them mixed up? So everyone chooses their own bespoke cup. Because okay. <laughs> yeah. I've thought about it. And I've gone. Everyone chooses a different colour. Cool. Everyone does something different. <laughs> okay. Um, and then most recently, we've implemented a new smaller size box to reduce wastage. Um, we've gone paperless, so we don't pick or pack with any paper. We've changed our gifting bags from plastic to cotton. Um, and we don't give out gift cards anymore. Um, we have tech solutions for all of those, which means we email them out to our customers. So there is very little plastic or paper um, used in our operations. To what degree and in what way are you communicating about your sustainability practices? Are you trying to make sure your consumers know about this? Are you getting the word out? Mm. Or is it just 
kind of that's just built in and that's how we do things and yeah, I'm going to jump in and say we don't do this well enough and I feel that we should tell our customers that we're doing this. But up to date, we've just done it because we believe in it and it's something that we want to do. We don't want to brag about it. It's not, um, mm-hmm. hey, look at us, we're awesome. We've just done it because we think it's right. Um, but I had a really great question when I was speaking in the track yesterday and the lady that asked me said, uh, do you educate your customers on how to recycle? Do you tell them that they can recycle their box? Do you tell them to rip off the plastic tape so they can recycle it? And we don't. And that's something that we should do. We should go the extra mile. So it's definitely um, a place that we can improve. You know, one one suggestion for you that you could think about is instead of telling your story, put a focus on telling other people's stories and invite people to tell their stories about how they're doing great sustainable things. Mm. And you become a part of that conversation and it's assumed that you are participating because you're a thought leader in that space by inviting other people to tell their stories. Mm. And, and then it's not about you bragging what you're doing, but you have that information out there. If someone's curious, if you're, you know, putting your money where your mouth is. Sure. Um, uh, so, uh, next question I have is, um, how do you think your, what do you think your responsibility is as a brand? to continue to investigate new sustainable practices and see how you can integrate them. Because the more that people adopt this, you know, you made a comment, it's not tomorrow's consumer, it's today's. That means today's consumer is already expecting it. And the more that they learn, the more ways sustainability can be achieved, the more they will expect of their brand. So what are you doing to think ahead and look at what's possible and get ahead of that curve rather than answering to your consumers when they call for it? Oh, we, from our perspective, our customers expect it of us. And it's, it's two things, really. One, our customers expect it. So we're constantly, um, I suppose we're, we're listening to not necessarily what they say, but what they're doing. Because people won't tell you what they want. In some ways, you've got, you've got to listen to their behaviors. And social media is brilliant for this. Um, but we're looking at, you know, we're looking at products. Uh, something that's taken off a lot recently is plastic-free shampoo bars, as an example. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they've really skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. So it's things like that that you've got to get ahead of the curve on. Um, and we're just constantly doing research. And, and I think also just when you knee deep in it, which we are, then you're just naturally slightly ahead just, of the... You're always looking the, for that. Yeah, 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 you just have the curve. But um, And then the other piece that I think about a lot is I feel a huge responsibility as a retailer to do the absolute most that we can all the time because my vision mm-hmm. is not just to do this for our customers but to do it literally for the world mm-hmm. and for our industry. And I, I feel that we need to be um, helping others make those changes as well. <laughs> Sarah, you're manufacturing product, yes? No. Oh, you're not? You're no. a distributor of product? Uh, we're a retailer. Reta- a retailer yes. of, of other brands? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you're both doing that, uh, but you're also manufacturing product, yes? Yes. Um, how, what expectations are you placing on the brands that you're representing in order for them to qualify to be carried by you so that you continue your mission? And, and I, want, I want to add as a follow-up to that after Sarah's done, Julie, uh, what kind of practices 
have you put in place for the manufacturing side of your business in terms of making sure that you're, you're, you're doing everything that's possible? So let's start with you, Sarah. So we're not yet. That's our next phase. Uh, at the moment, we're trying to manage the waste that we receive from them. Mm. So how do we recycle the plastic? <laughs> Lots of nod, head nodding. <laughs> I, I hear it. <laughs> uh, how do we deal with all the plastic that we receive? Yes. And we're trying to tackle that. And then the next phase is, well, I don't want you to deliver the plastic. So you just don't deliver the plastic yeah. and then I won't have to deal with the plastic. Yeah. Um, oh, so you're so putting yeah. the burden on your brands. At the moment, we're, we're bearing the burden and we will oh, find a the way you to... you want to move to... Absolutely. Yeah. So second phase will be pushing back to the brands and saying, mm-hmm. we require you to deliver the product in a certain sustainable way. Yeah. And I think that's reasonable and fair. Are you looking at providing them incentives or is that just the, the key to doing business with you? I think it's the key to doing business. I, I don't believe there's a need to incentivize someone to be sustainable. Uh, I don't yeah. think that's required. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's what we did. We just went, no, we don't want your plastic, take it back. And we've even gone to the point of sending it back because I don't want it. No. And, you've got, and they've got to learn that it's not acceptable yes. in modern-day business. Yeah. So let's mm. talk about your manufacturing. What do you manufacture yes. in-house? Oh, so, um, I mean, we don't physically make it ourselves, but we have our own brand. You have your own so brand. So we will get other factories to make stuff for okay. us. Um, so we look at all sorts of things from in terms of um, fair work practices. We look at are they SEDEX registered? There's a whole bunch of certifications you can look at to make sure that they're doing sure the right those thing. Those factories, those shops are... are yeah. Paying attention to sustainability issues. Yes. Uh, how they're disposing of waste. Yeah. There's, t- are the they nature sort of, of their I mean, packaging and can they prove it and all those things. Yeah. And, you know, it even goes to as far as we have bamboo toothbrushes and the wood is FSC certified. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we look at it. It depends what, we, what it is because we have different things. Yeah. But it depends what it is and we'll look at that in a particular way. But the, the common things are okay. fair work. That should be common across everything, right? Great. All right, thank you. So uh, coming up, you'll hear about how both of these brands are telling their story out there using their social channels and how sustainability plays into that storytelling and the continual building of brand ethos right after this. Entrepreneurista. A woman who organizes and operates a business, taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. One who has a drive, passion, and vision with an undying determination to succeed. She is fiercely motivated, ambitious, and competitive, forging her own path to independence and success. That's an entrepreneurista. Through the conversations on the Entrepreneurista podcast, we want to celebrate failures, reflect on successes, and get unfiltered about what it takes to be your own boss. This is the Entrepreneurista podcast presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneurstapodcast.com. So we're here with uh, Sarah from Adore Beauty and Julie from Flora and Fauna to 
different kind of brands, but that share some aspect of mission. Uh, you're both using social media actively as part of building your brand, as many brands are today. Sarah, can you talk about how you're using uh, social marketing to grow Adore Beauty's presence and brand recognition, but also use that as a way of communicating the sustainability part of your brand's existence? So I've only used social media to talk about our sustainability once or maybe twice. Uh, and that was recently when we implemented our new smaller blocks. And our founder, Kate, um, made that post. And it was the highest engaged post. How interesting. On her entire <laughs> Instagram, which was super interesting, which, which just told us that our customer really cares. They just do. Uh, really super cool for us. Um, and that post then sparked multiple PR um, opportunities from there. Mm -hmm. So there was, I think, three articles that day off the back of that mm. social media post. What was the nature of those posts? Um, the post was literally a number, which was 235. And behind that number, there was an image of trees. And that was how much cardboard, kilos, 235 kilos, we projected to save that week from the usage of our new smaller size box. You know, um, it's so interesting. We were having a conversation with someone else here on this stage uh, yesterday, I think. And they were talking about exactly that thinking that they weren't tr those posts were not trying to sell anything. No. They weren't even trying to promote the brand, although no. clearly you're talking about, hey, we're we're awesome because there's, the way we do things has this impact. But you're really just talking about something that can excite and touch people. Sure. It was, I you know, I feel, I feel great this week. This is what we've done. This is how we've contributed this week. This is really cool. Uh, no product, no mention of Adore Beauty. It was just, I feel great about this. And it was, the response was really great. Do you think that's part of how sustainability can connect with people with a brand is about how it makes them feel as opposed to it being a responsibility, but instead it being a feel good uh, you're participating by doing business with us in good things happening? Yeah, there was a, a presentation in the keynote yesterday morning um, from the woman um, at Salesforce. And I think one of the stats on her slides was 57% of consumers will change retailers if they believe mm -hmm. that there is a more sustainable way of business. Mm -hmm. um, and so for us, our customer does connect with the way we do business mm -hmm. and the sustainability element of that. Julie, for Flora and Fauna, how are you uh, handling uh, sustainability as a part of your social marketing? Well, if at all, yeah, it's in it's it's in our DNA and has been since day one. So it's kind of just part of what we do and what we okay. say. So we don't. So what do you do? What do you say? What, what... Oh, we talk about it all the time. So we'll, we'll put we'll put posts up. Um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the. So we've offset all of our deliveries. Um, offset all the carbon of our deliveries uh, with Greenfleet where, um, oh, there's various ways. I can talk about carbon offsetting for hours, but there's various ways you can offset carbon. Anyway, we've done it locally because I believe we're making the impact here. So let's regenerate land here. It's more expensive, but it's the right thing to do. Um, anyway, we put a post up the other weekend on that. I have a habit of going in because I approve all posts. So I have a habit of going in and changing them, much to the annoyance <laughs> of everyone. Anyway, we put a post up and, I, and it wasn't talking about us at all. It was actually talking about Greenfleet because I'm like, you know what? We've talked about us a lot. 
So let's talk about the impact that Greenfleet has. And it was a before and after post in terms of land that they had regenerated. And, um, and again, in a similar vein to Sarah, you know, that was our most engaged post that week. And we see it every week because we, we, we're constantly putting things up about our parcels or our handwritten notes or um, just various things that we do. Um, we went paperless. We changed all our warehousing systems, so we went paperless recently as well. And again, in a similar vein, just put something up which was how much paper we'd saved and that stuff just gets engagement. So we kind of just do it all the time. But... Every time we look at our engaged posts, the ones that get engagement are the ones about purpose. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't it? I know. And you can put it. I love that. Yeah, unless it's a really, really unique product. But again, it's Mm. normally a purposeful product. It's a product making a difference. And that's your consumers connecting with you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and they expect it from us too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So what were, other than uh, your marketing and your communication being about purpose, if you had an opportunity to stop everyone here at online retailer in their tracks and you have the microphone, which you do right now, but, and you have the microphone, everyone's listening to you, and you have a, an opportunity of thought leadership to tell them the one piece of advice you have that connects to sustainability that they should be thinking about with their business other than do it, pay attention to it, what would you want to say to them if you could? I'll say that you can, you can be doing the right thing by the environment and the world and be cost-effective and efficient at the same time. That's what I would say. It's just a matter of... Decide to do it. Absolutely. Decide to do it. Know that it won't happen tomorrow. It will be hard. But when Mm. it's done, how great is that? And how great does it make you feel? Mm. Julie, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I would say similar, really. I would say make a start. But make sure it's done for the right reasons and it's authentic. Mm -hmm. And if you are going and try and get your CEO to own it. Otherwise, it becomes a project. You know, it is, it's true. You really have to believe in it. it, it it's great to do it because you, I'm, I guess we have to. That's what everybody wants. So let's start integrating into the business. It's better to be doing that than not be doing it. Yes. But to really own it, to believe mm-hmm. in it, to see the purpose, it's going to change how you're thinking about it, what you're looking for. You talked about the fact that you're always looking for something, mm-hmm. Julie. Yeah. You're, always on the, you're just always looking for the better way to do something automatically. Yeah. Um, you're not going to do that if you don't own it. No, and it's, it's interesting, right? So we have in our office, and our office is in our warehouse because I hate having them and us and all that sort of stuff that arises. So as a result, the office team gets in a really cold warehouse. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and, but we have our values in a huge, huge, oh, bit like this like size. Display, on display, yeah. Yeah, on the wall. And we talk about them. We literally talk about them in every single decision we make. And I think that, at the, and it, for me, it all relates back to your values as well. Uh, but it has to be, and it takes time to get there, but you've got to talk about them in, it, it's just got to be common language that you use every single day. I'll close with this question as far as the, the business part of this discussion. Uh, is there a an aha moment that you've had along the way related to sustainability 
in which something you you hadn't thought about it this way and then suddenly you were enlightened and it changed the way you thought about it or undertook that part of your company? Yes, we didn't start plastic free or any of that sort of stuff. And it was plastic. We were very small. I can remember the moment. It was, um, I think it was June 2016. Uh, and plastic free July was about to start. And we used to send, um, we used to send our stuff in boxes, but put it in a, uh, plastic a satchel. Oh, satchel. Yeah. Cause I was convinced that things would get damaged and blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Anyway, um, in that moment, um, I said, right, for July, for Plastic Free July, let's stop sending things in plastic and let's just send them as they are and we'll see what damages we get. Anyway, we got none. And the feedback that we got from our customers was phenomenal. And that, for me, was the moment that really shifted my thinking. Not to put you on the spot, but anything on your end, Sarah? Yeah, I think the aha moment for me is seeing how we're contributing in a positive way. Um, and seeing our team rally around that as well and seeing the difference it makes Mm -hmm. um, people coming to work knowing that we're serving a purpose and it's a positive one Mm -hmm. and we're contributing in a really nice way Um, and seeing their responses when I tell them the the results, hey, it's 235 kilos of card or in this financial year it's like 26,000 kilos of cardboard we're saving and seeing them resonate with that, that's so cool. And you're saving money as well. And we're saving money, yeah. yeah. This is the, that's the best thing too. Yeah. All right, on the personal side, as we put the cherry on the Sunday here, uh, I'd like to ask each of you, and you can look back into your childhood, when is the first time you remember truly caring about something that mattered? It doesn't have to be sustainability. It could be anything. What, what's the first memory you have of caring about something and maybe even doing something about it? I didn't grow up with much, so I cared about pretty much everything I had. Um, and I don't want to get too deep and personal for everybody, but <laughs> Sorry. I, I vividly remember when my dad lost his job and I remember him sitting down with my mom and saying to me, you can't do all of the things that you do. There's no dancing anymore. There's no tennis class anymore. There's no clothes allowance. There's there's nothing. Um, and I remember really caring about that. They decided to give me a small amount of money every month and I could choose what I spent that on, if that was clothes or an activity. And I decided to spend it on dance classes. And I remembered caring so deeply about my dance classes because it was like I'd chosen to spend my own money on it. And it was mine to make that choice. And I couldn't choose anything else. So um, that was probably my first memory of like desperately caring for what I'd chosen to spend my money on. How interesting. Mm. It's like a lot of people, if they pay for their own college, they care about it differently sure. than, you know, if it's student loans or something like that. Mm. What about you, Julie? Anything come to mind? Yeah, I think, so I'm a massive animal lover. Like, I love animals. Yeah. And, um, and, this is, and I think this is driven from my mum. So my mum used to, when, when she was working, so my mum was a milkman. So I had two really, really hardworking parents. My dad's a painter and decorator and my mum was a milkman. So I never really saw them much growing up. She's probably made me incredibly independent. But what my mum used to do when she's on a milk round was she used to bring back pretty much roadkill for me to, 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 um, 
to bring back to life. And, um, and as a result of that, um, we have had so many different animals when I was little, like hedgehogs, because I grew up in the UK, hedgehogs, birds, and then we had a, a squirrel for about a year who used to live in my school blazer. And I think that just, um, it's not one particular moment, but um, me caring for my mother's remnants that she pulls off the, <laughs> off the road <laughs> made me love animals a lot. All right, Ed, thank you for that. Uh, in closing, uh, I'd like to offer you both the chance to have a final thought, a pearl of wisdom that you leave behind. It doesn't have to be about sustainability. It could be about running a business. You could reflect on being here an online retailer. Uh, it's really up to you. Um, anything come to mind that you'd like to leave behind? I'm, I'm giving you the floor. Uh, be bold, try new things, listen to your customer. Great. Julie? Know who you are and live it and breathe it. Beautiful. Wise words from two people that run businesses uh, that are successful and have a lot to do with sustainability. Thank you. Uh, Sarah, how can people connect with, with you, if you like, and certainly sure. with the brand? Uh, well, the brand is www.adorebeauty.com.au and me is Sarah at adorebeauty.com.au. Wonderful. And Julie? So, Flora and Fauna is floraandfauna.com.au. Watch the spelling. Um, and I am Julie at floraandfauna.com.au or LinkedIn, Julie Mathers. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, both of you. Thanks, Matt. It was a wonderful discussion. appreciate you being on. Nice to see you again, Julie. Great to meet you, Sarah. Uh, and thank you all very much for listening. Um, really appreciate it. It was uh, great to have you here on location in Sydney, Australia. <laughs> at online, it's very exciting to say, an online <laughs> retailer. Uh, until next time, I'm Mark Rako. Have a great day. Thank Thanks, you. Mark. This has been Fashion Is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.